Welcome into the final episode of 2020. I'm your host, Jonathan Green, and that's right. It's the last episode of the year, but don't worry. We'll be back in 2021. I can make a bad dad joke about seeing you next year, but I will refrain from doing that. And this episode is not your typical episode. It's a lot of my favorite clips uh, from some of our episodes this year that you may have missed or that I just feel like sharing with you all again. We'll have an interview with Athletic Brewing's John Walker next week as we kick off 2021 with a little bit of healthy things in the beer and spirits world. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Spirits, all one word. And uh, before we get into all these fun interviews, kind of want to share a few things that are going to be coming up in 2021 or things that we're hoping to do with the podcast, uh, whether this is your first time listening or you've listened to all 25 plus episodes uh, through the year. Uh, you can expect to see more Instagram TV style episodes, uh, spe- particularly specialty type episodes like our bar conversations. So you'll definitely want to follow us on Instagram if you're not. Uh, we'll also be doing some fun things with the podcast, such as some more review type episodes where there are several of us talking about things. I don't want to give too much away as we work on finalizing a few of those details. And that will be both on the spirits and the hop side. So whether uh, you're a beer lover or a spirits lover, we'll be doing it uh, both ways. And we'll also be having some fun giveaways. I'm I'm for sure about that. And we'll also be doing some fun uh, series or, you know, monthly uh, looks at, at the industry, whether that's focusing on a particular state, particular region, or uh, you know, maybe a particular spirit. Because for sure in 2021, Whiskey Weeks will be back. But unlike this year where it was kind of randomly at the end of the year, it will be in September and National uh, Bourbon Heritage Month where it makes a little bit more, more sense. So uh, be on the lookout for all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Remember, uh, give us a, a five-star review. Say nice things about us on whatever podcast player you're listening to. It always helps us out. Um, and I really appreciate all of you for listening. Um, it's been a fun year uh, of this and, and doing this each and every week, dropping new episodes on Thursdays. I've learned a lot. I hope you have as well. And we've got some amazing guests uh, lined up for 2021. And I can't wait to share those episodes with you. Uh, but now let's get into the show, the best of 2020. And the first clip I'm going to share with you might be my possibly one of the best uh, few minutes of, of, of the podcast there was. It's with the owners of Against the Grain, uh, Sam Cruz, Jerry Nagy, and how they got into the beer business, and uh, or at least how they got into owning their own brewery. And it is just awesome. Here it is. Poverty. <laughs> we knew we knew that if we opened a brewery that we would become ultra rich and ultimately wield incredible power in this city and state and, and nation. I did it all for the fame, you know, <laughs> and the variety and uh, all the things that come along with that, like, uh, you know, access to beautiful women, uh, you know, yeah, both. <laughs> so on and so forth. So I mean, we're we're just rolling it right now. Sam's so wealthy; it's it's, it's disgusting, frankly. And, yeah. and he flaunts it. He flaunts it. And uh, I obviously get more ass than the toilet seat. So that's it. Can I say ass on this? That's good. So, so you guys weren't just tired of the grayness of the beers in the in the area. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, whenever, uh, 
I guess whenever we opened up, actually a couple of years before that, um, Jerry and I had worked together. He, he was my boss and ultimately my mentor as a brewer at that time. Um, and I, I have to say, at, you know, it was really exciting because I was working with possibly one of the best brewers in the world. This stuff he was making was crazy good. And we, we both knew it. Everything that was uh, limited time or specialty was flying off the, don't say off the shelf, out of the taps. Um, and uh, the, the, the brewery that we worked for just didn't have that, uh, that design where that was something that they wanted to do all the time. It was just kind of a rare offering. And, and in terms of, of what we were doing then, you know, Jer Jerry was making some amazing beers and we noticed that it was that that was moving the needle for the place. So we thought, what the hell, why not try it on our own? However, there was some cattle, like catalyst to that. Um, primarily a pirate statue and a salad bar. And I'll let Jerry talk about those. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, yeah he's right. Uh, the, the salad bar was a big part of uh, uh, the reason we left. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was, yeah, a couple of years ahead of time before we left. They, uh, the people in the brewery asked, not the people in the brewery, the restaurant side, the owner said, hey, you know, we need to get younger people in here. And uh, so they, you know, bounce a lot of ideas about management and everything else about, you know, maybe it's a party, maybe it's something else. Uh, but then they arrived on getting a salad bar in because there's nothing the young kids love more than salad bars. Uh, if you obviously you, you drive by Frisch's uh, on a Saturday night, all the kids are hanging out there and so on and so forth. You know that. Well, <clears throat> they're not because it doesn't, it wasn't it. And so it, it, there was a salad bar there and you had to walk by it every time it went out of the brewery. And it was a sad salad bar. It wasn't even like a good one, like a Whole Foods or something. You know, you know those salad bars. Those are high class. This one wasn't any good. It's crap. And so it, you know, it was embarrassing. Every every time you walked by it, it was just a, a another time looking in the mirror of embarrassment every time we walked by it. And so uh, that was kind of the start. Like maybe maybe this isn't the place. Maybe this direction isn't going where we would like to go. And then the final. Uh, Kicking the ball. Yeah, I guess you can say it. It was the pirate statue that showed up. And before that, you know, times were a little bit harder for the restaurant. We had just opened up another location. And uh, we weren't even supposed to use, like, chemicals and stuff to clean uh, because <laughs> it was too expensive. But all of a sudden, out of the blue, comes a six-foot pirate hooker statue. <laughs> now, bear in mind, and it was placed prominently, prominently, in uh, the front of the restaurant right when you come in so if you if you would have to walk by the pirate hooker statue take a right turn to go to the salad bar and um that, that pirate hooker he overpaid for it too. <laughs> i found out how much you paid i can get a new one for less but it doesn't matter um but it was just we weren't a we weren't on the river we weren't a, we weren't a seafood restaurant it was just nonsense it was just stuff like that was nonsense and not the funny kind of nonsense Kind of like the cringy, you know. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure what's going on here, now. So that was when I think Sam called me. I was coming in, and uh, he thought I would say, "Oh, you know, it's okay. You know, you know, old man wants the pirate statue. It's fine." I said, "It's time. It's time we start looking around." It's, it's time. And so you know, there's some other other things that happened during that time, but those were the two things that really pushed us out the door. 
Sam and Jerry were such a blast. That was a, a fun interview. They're they're just loads of fun. You can tell tell that with the names of beers they have, and just I mean their personality shines through. And uh, if you want to check out that full episode, which I highly recommend, it was our tenth episode against the grain, uh, with also a six pack of questions with Alex Wilson. It was our tenth episode. It was a really fun one. It was kind of a a high mark for me as uh, I never thought I'd hit ten episodes, let alone uh, up to number twenty nine now. Uh, another really fun one for me was with Middle West co-founder, Middle West Spirits co-founder and distiller Ryan Lang, and how his family's history uh, ties into their their business and what a unique history that is. Here's the clip. Yeah, uh, my family uh, is a group of immigrants, uh, some from Ireland uh, by way of Scotland, Northern Highlands, and then some from Northern Italy near Milan, uh, emigrated some before the Civil War, uh, and then one side of the family, and then on my uh, mother's side of the family in the early 1900s. Uh, that family that came from Northern Italy, uh, it was just a way of life. Uh, Europe's rules were a lot different than the United States' rules, but yeah, it was definitely something that they brought with them. Uh, whenever I told my grandfather who taught me what I know, what I originally had known uh, about the category uh, as far as what to do, uh, I'll say, leave it at that. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he told me where his old equipment was too. So, uh, I was able to fish that out of some dark hole in the world. And, uh, and we actually ended up turning it over to Vendome when we were creating our, our continuous still, and they ended up recreating it for our, uh, spirit safe. So a uh, very cool uh, roundabout way to bring some of the heritage uh, into the legal realm, I guess, at least. And then, uh, you know, I read and you kind of touched on it there. Did you really have to dig up your first distilling equipment from the family farm? Am I correct on that? <laughs> this thing was buried uh, in a lot of stuff. Uh, I, when I asked about it and I wanted to, to fix it and, and just see what it was, it was more... We, we had already gone down the path of, of ordering our first still from Germany. We were already moving forward. But, you know, I, I was surprised that we had anything still. There's a huge curiosity around it. And, um, yeah, he uh, told me literally the mark exactly where it was. He knew where it was after all these years. And I went and I fished it out and it was black. I mean, it was disgusting. So it took me a, a good week just to get it cleaned up. But uh, yeah, I physically dug it out of the ground. So I, I love that story. And I mean, you guys, that is a true history of, um, I think it's kind of neat to see you, you know, continuing on, um, legal or not, uh, but continuing on something that your family's done for generations. Yeah, you know, it's uh, been passed on to me from my grandfather. He was taught by his uh, his father, and and then I don't know how far back it goes over in Europe, but I'm sure it's a considerable ways. Uh, we're uh, my family's background is all in agriculture, so farmers um, and masons and things like that. So it was just a way of life, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool heritage. I was really proud to bring it forward, and that's actually we named the bourbon um, after him, my my grandfather, the Michaelone Reserve. That was his last name, Ronald Michaelone. I just love it when when uh, businesses are able to tie their history, uh, whether that's family or not, whatever that history is, uh, into their business because it's so cool to hear those stories. And I, and I just love that about uh, Ryan and, and Middle West Spirits. You got to check them out. They were part of our Whiskey Weeks. Uh, that's uh, the Middle West Spirits episode with Ryan Lang. Another one that has some, some cool history 
is with uh, Tim Lusher and Sig Lusher. Now, it wasn't really part of our main interview, but he just had to share this story about uh, what the, who the brewery is named after, and that is Sig Lusher. And it is an amazing story about a court case, and I'll just let Tim explain it away. And I'm going to lead with you with a uh, um, court case, uh, Jonathan, that we kind of tell people when they come visit us. Um, and if people that aren't listening or that are listening um, don't realize that, yes, you can get arrested for a uh, drunk driving horse, uh, also a lawnmower and <laughs> other small implements, but a horse particularly because the argument's always made that the horse knows its way home, but yeah, you're controlling the horse. Um, in Sig's time, um, you know, obviously you can arrest somebody, but then you got to prove they're drunk. So the fact that it went to court, it came to just say, you know, uh, a a grade school pissing match. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. And so obviously the, the gentleman uh, pleaded not guilty to being drunk by the time they could try him. He was sober. So uh, they didn't really have proof that he was drunk at that point. Um, but they were determined to prosecute. So they brought in um, the uh, local expert on drunkenness, which would have been SIG, as the expert. Actually, they labeled him the uh, um, expert on alcohol production, I think, um, but brought him to uh, testify uh, in or uh, in this trial over this drunk horseback riding. And we are luckily, luckily with, with Google, we are able to uh, bring up a lot of our history now. It's all been digitized, so we can actually look through the court papers, court papers, the newspapers, etc. This one particular uh, court case was documented in the local paper. And for whatever reason, it was uh, documented in phonetic English. And I'll kind of try to paraphrase the uh, transcript and uh, give you a very terrible German accent at the same time. So it, you know, Sig was asked, was this gentleman drunk? And he's like, well, gentlemen, I do not know if this man over here is drunk or not. I can only tell you that uh, what I drink every day. And um, well, in the morning I have one to uh, about six beers. Uh, lunch, ach, no more than six beers. Uh, afternoon, about six beers um, and then uh, uh, no more than six beers uh, so I cannot tell you if this man is drunk but I can tell you that if any man gets drunk off beer he's a damned hog <laughs> don't know if the gentleman got off or not with that uh, with that testimony and I can't really tell if that really helped him but uh, you know what we took out of it was anything less than 24 uh, beers a day uh, by six calculation you're good to go uh, I love Sig's math. I love how he explained it all. Uh, I'm hoping that the man got off in the case and, and was uh, found innocent or not guilty. Uh, but that is a great story, and uh, they have a ton of history there at Sig Lusher in Frankfort, Kentucky. If you're visiting the Bourbon Trail, you need to check them out. Uh, it may not look like the biggest, craziest brewery on the outside. Uh, it's a nice little facility there. Uh, but it, it's got some good beers, some older style beers, and it, it was just a really fun ch chat with uh, Tim and then also Dylan Greenwood, uh, their their head brewer there. You got to check out that episode with Sig Lusher. Uh, another one of that I really enjoyed that had a very unique spin on it because you just never know how business partners are going to come about. And at Wilderness Trail Distillery, it all is about a rock band, and co-owner Shane Baker explains it all. Well, you know, it's interesting. Our story uh, is entangled with friendship and a band. So <laughs> Dr. Heist and I uh, were in a rock band together uh, back in the 90s. Uh, he was actually a career student still going to school to get his, you know, PhD. Uh, I was in kind of corporate America 
And in between that, we had a rock band that uh, we were just trying to, you know, make happen. And, and we were having a lot more uh, fun than we were anything, of course. Um, and through that experience of, you know, us cutting the CD and different things and dealing with the bandmates, uh, both Pat and I, uh, not only did we have really a strong friendship, but we kind of noticed we were both strong entrepreneurs and that and we were both really embedded in science and we had passion for bourbon and you know we, we just shared a lot of similarities and so it was just really kind of this you know fortuitous you know fork in the road opportunity uh he had been at pikeville medical college for a few years i'd been in a capital venture situation uh to where you know we were exiting that business and it was just time to do something different and we came together over a napkin, uh, designed out this whole distillery plan, <laughs> flipped, flipped the page, and realized we'd spent all of our money on band equipment. So <laughs> it, it <laughs> fell apart almost as quick as we got it put together. And but before we left that table, we committed to each other that you know we we, we got to find something that we're good at that we can afford to do. And and and, and almost in the same breath, it was like, well, if we can't beat them, we we'll join them why don't we be consultants? And, and Firm Solutions was born. And so we really had a strong understanding of you know the sciences. I'm a mechanical engineer, Pat's a microbiologist. So we were the perfect storm of, uh, you know, ideas. You know, I'm always looking on the outside of the pipes. He's looking on the inside of the pipes. And we had this unique approach to solving uh, distilleries, breweries, wineries, you know, production problems, quality problems, efficiency problems, uh, just right out of the gate. So uh, it, it was just this perfect marriage born uh, over a nice, neat uh, drink of bourbon. And you, I'm also guessing the band didn't exactly take off like you all had hoped. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it didn't. Now, we had a huge following in Kansas for some reason, maybe 10 or 15 people out there. But uh, but no, really, the uh, the band didn't go anywhere for us. Um, not that we weren't any good. We probably just we thought we were better than we were. Um, it, it just didn't have uh, probably the passion or the opportunities for us to really highlight what we were good at. But I mean, it seems to have worked out okay for you all now, right? I mean, I'm, I'm it just absolutely <laughs> did. It absolutely did. We're, we're blessed to be where we're at today. There's no doubt about that. Shane shared some great stories, another clip that is well worth your time. You need to really just check out the full episode with Wilderness Trails uh, co-owner and uh, distiller Shane Baker uh, was about how he was, uh, when he was younger, you know, visiting his, his grandparents and uh, they put all the kids in the basement, unbeknownst to the parents. That's where uh, his grandparents' uh, whiskey collection was and they got to sample some uh, high quality stuff. I'll just leave it at that. You definitely need to check out that episode. You need to check out them all, but that's a really good one too with some, some really cool stories. And our last clip of the best of 2020 comes from Pretentious Glass and Beers, Matthew Cummings. And it's about how he, you know, had been working, you know, toward, you know, doing this side business of beer, barware. And did he ever really think it would get this big? And it's not exactly the answer you expect or how it all happened. Hell no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, no way. Even like if you would have told me this like six years ago that that where we are now is where it would end up, I wouldn't have believed it. You know, having the opportunity, like it just it really literally started as like a side hustle. You know, I was hoping to sell like 20 or 30 glasses a month 
and be happy with that. And that's what we hit when we opened up uh, the Etsy shop. And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. This is what a successful Etsy shop is like, you know, <laughs> like making like five or $600 a month. And then, um, and then, you know, several months later when we got featured on Huffington Post and Food Beast, I was actually doing a pop-up show at Against the Grain, uh, just like they let me set up uh, some glasses at a table and sell, you know, to the, the patrons coming in. And, uh, so I'm like literally this starving artist, like with all of my glassware, like, please give me money so I can go buy beer, you know? <laughs> and then my phone at the time, Etsy has had this, and I don't know if they still do. They had this, uh, sound notification when you sold something, it would do like an old school cash register and go like cha-ching, you know? So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden my phone just starts blowing up like, cha-ching 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 and i'm like i'm like trying to mute my phone i'm like damn it phone you are not helping right now like, why are you <laughs> these money noises no one's buying anything like this guy i thought about buying something and all of a sudden heard a bunch of money noises coming out of my pocket i mean and so i get i didn't know what was going on i started getting congratulations from people who i hadn't talked to in years and i get home and google you know myself and uh then that came up with um uh, the food beast, uh, and then Huff Post because it was like the 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 website version. I, I didn't think I thought it would say Huffington Post, so I was reading it here like Huff Post. Okay, I don't know what that is. Whatever, blah, 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 blah. and then I go like I'm like, wait, that's not Huffington Post. Yes, it was. <laughs> so it went from you know selling selling a handful, you know, twenty or thirty glasses a month to like two or three hundred glasses literally that night, and then staying you know, doing it part-time to doing it 80 hours a week. And, you know, we were back ordered two or three months for like the next two years until we opened up the shop here and was able to expand our production. And then that volume demand stayed, which was crazy with it being this kind of viral beginning that the, the level didn't have that crazy peak, you know, we we're able to grow it slowly uh, into something that it is today where we've got this great community of artists uh, that, you know, get a living wage from doing this and be able to learn the craft and be able to be taken care of and giving the opportunity to develop themselves as artists. Uh, Cause that's really what it was about from the beginning was a way for me to offset, you know, and make some more consistent income, you know, so I could be a glass artist. Uh, and so that's what we use, um, you know, for our staff here, you know, it has to have this kind of ulterior motive kind of vibe. It was a blast talking to Matthew. And if you haven't checked it out, you need to pretentious glass. Uh, they, they do some amazing things with glassware, whether it's for beers, whiskeys, um, you name it. They do some amazing work. You need to check them out. That's pretentious glass. And also you need to, if you're down in the Knoxville, Tennessee area, check them out there. They've got a store and they also have a brewery, pretentious beer, uh, where they do some fun things with beer. It's, uh, it was a great episode. It was a fun interview, uh, with Matthew and, uh, talking beer and barware, uh, was kind of an unexpected treat for me. I hope you enjoyed our best of 2020. 
uh, episode. I know it's just five clips. I could have picked uh, a ton more, but I wanted to keep it only to five. Uh, like I said, if this is your first episode, second, third, or even if you're listening to all 29, uh, I hope you have enjoyed all of them. And if this is one of your first ones, go back, check out some of the older ones. A lot of good interviews, a lot of Kentucky breweries, uh, but we also then hit uh, kind of a little bit outside of the state and kind of have now gone a little bit more national with, with it all, especially on the spirits side of things. So make sure you, you give a listen to all of our past episodes. There's a lot of good ones, uh, a lot of fun interviews with uh, a variety of topics involved. And we'll be doing more of that in 2021. And remember to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hobbs Spirits, all one word. And if you're not following us on Instagram, for sure, you might miss out on our Instagram TV shows like Bar Conversations. And there might be a few others coming in 2021. Don't want to give too much more away on that. And don't forget to check out our Partners in Crime one sip beer review you can find them on instagram at one sip beer review they do new daily beer review videos and they do some cool giveaways and they have a whole lot of fun and every now and then you'll catch me doing a beer review so uh yeah check them out one sip beer review on instagram and i'll throw this out there another podcast that i I really think you all should check out is dads on the deck it's a fun one about millennial fathers and you'll get a good laugh out of it and you'll probably learn a few things as well Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. we got a lot of fun happening in 2021. Until next year. Ah, I said I wouldn't do it, but guess what? I did. Until next year, everyone. Cheers.